This is a content warning for this episode. There are discussions of negligent childhood abuse, physical childhood abuse, specifically force feeding that start around the 12 minute mark and kind of go on and off until the 30 minute mark. Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. I'm your host, Young Me Mayor. Harry Butthole is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. And I have a guest on every week to tell me a sad story and then we laugh about it. This week, I'm going to be solo because I wanted to discuss something. And it is very personal, but if you've been listening to my content for a while, you know that I am never one to not share. I'm an oversharer. I am never embarrassed by anything. That's not true. I'm embarrassed by every single thing that I've ever done in my life and I spiral about it. But what I'm saying is I uh, I never like hesitate to share that information publicly, you know, because I love public humiliation. It's my kink. But um, this topic I've never talked about publicly until right now. And it's plastic surgery specifically my own plastic surgery. And I was like thinking why why I didn't share it because I'm not embarrassed by it. You know, there's so many other more embarrassing things about my life that I've uh, very openly shared. But so I was thinking about it and then I realized that there's this fucking annoying stereotype about Koreans getting plastic surgery and a lot of white people really love bringing it up (laughs) when you tell them that you're Korean because there's this very popular narrative among among white people that all plastic surgery in Korea and the reason why it's so so common is that Koreans want to look white and they get westernization surgery. Listen, I know that a lot of those ideas are true. A lot of Koreans do get double eyelid surgery and, you know, nose bridge heightening. I don't even know what that's called surgery. And I understand that those are commonly white traits, but it's a very nuanced and complicated issue because, first of all, the entire world has been sort of infected with this disease of white supremacy and European beauty standards being quote unquote the norm. And it's been pushed on us so hard, you know, like you see the growing up all the Hollywood, which is, you know, I call it a propaganda machine and, you know, makeup ads. And it's just they were like, well, this is the standard of beauty and you have to look like this because everything else is ugly. And it's sort of unfair to, at the end of that, blame the people that that bought into that because it was very much a, a thing that white people were pushing onto us, right? And there's, you know, obviously, like I said, a very nuanced, complicated conversation and not really what I wanted to talk about in this episode. But me, somebody that was born in Korea and grew up there, I've never heard some a Korean person go, okay, now I'm going to get double eyelid surgery because people are going to think I'm white now. I think it's like definitely subconsciously in there, like the white beauty standards being more attractive. 
But, you know, like everyone else, Koreans are very happy being Korean. Like they think it's great being Korean. And I'm half white. And I, I've talked about this a little bit before, but I used to get bullied for being half white. Like Korean people don't think it's good to mix, which is creepy, too. I don't think that's a good thing. But like people that are mixed with anything in Korea are looked down upon. So it, there's like all these things that don't really align with that narrative. Also, I've, I've noticed that white people only bring up the double eyelid surgery or the nose surgery, and then they avoid discussing any of the other super popular surgeries that Koreans have because it doesn't fit that narrative. Like white people never talk about the chin shaving, the V-shaped chin, which is obviously not a white trait because that doesn't fit into that westernization conversation, right? And that's like one of the most popular surgeries in Korea. But that doesn't fit in that fun narrative that we just adore white people so much. So nobody ever talks about that. No one ever talks about how Koreans inject fat under their eyes to create puffy lower eyelids because they think that's cute. And that's just also an extremely popular surgery. And that is leaning into an Asian feature because the puffy under eye look is created by eyes that are, you know, like where the eye socket bone is a little bit more flat and that's like a little bit more pronounced. And that's an extremely Asian trait. And it's very, you know, sought after in East Asia to the point where they're injecting fat under their eyelids to make their eyes look more Asian-y. But white people will never talk about that surgery. And I think it's it's very unfair. Why am I still talking about this? I, I After saying that this is not what this episode's going to be about, I don't know. It makes me mad. And it's a big reason why I feel uncomfortable bringing up plastic surgery. And I just want to note that I've never had any surgery that's considered westernization surgery. I've never done anything to my nose or my eyes. So that topic doesn't really personally relate to me. So if you if you are dying to discuss that, this isn't the place because you can talk to a Korean person that's done that, I guess, and then you can discuss it with them. I remember this like, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. <laughs> I'm going to move on to my personal story, but there's like this horrible racist. It was so openly racist. It was like a Vice show on YouTube, probably like 10 years ago, about fashion around the world where they had a white, like European model travel to the other places in the world this person would just openly judge them and ridicule and mock them like she went to like colombia or like brazil and was like i can't believe these people are getting butt injections this looks so fucking stupid and she was like well like where i'm from like the fashion capital europe we wouldn't want our butts to be fat and i was just like oh my god holy crap so offensive but then this person went to korea it was so funny because she would go to the plastic surgery office and she'd be like she found one she interviewed one person there and the person wasn't korean she was like obviously a tourist as you know a lot of asian people go to korea to get plastic surgery so there's a lot of east asian tourists there that are not korean and she found one person and the person was not korean and she didn't fucking know because she doesn't know the difference between like korean and like mandarin or whatever and she's interviewing this non-korean person being like why do you koreans all want to look like us and then 
that tourists said something like, oh, well, because like white people are so beautiful and I want to look white. Like they literally, that was the only one person they could find that would say that on camera. And the person wasn't even Korean. And I was like, this is so fucking racist. I, I don't even know where to begin. And then she goes to a fashion show in Korea and the Korean models are like, oh, like we don't, we, none of us have eyelid surgery because actually people book us and they like that we look Asian now. Like that's like kind of a thing of the past. And she was like, well, that proves it. Everybody is trying to look white. And I was like, bitch, are you even listening to these women? Like just ignored all of them. Like, and I remember in that interview with the person that wasn't Korean, she was like in the most condescending, patronizing. She's like, but I think you look beautiful the way you look. I don't think I look better than you. It was so, it was beautiful. It was beautifully racist is all I'm going to say. Anyway, that that annoys the shit out of me. So I, I'm like very careful to talk about it. Again, you know, I have not had westernization plastic surgery. And it, it, if you're an Asian person listening to this and you you have had those surgeries, good for you. Don't let don't let them make you feel bad about that. It's a complicated and nuanced issue. It's your body, your choice, which I think is interesting that I think a lot of even like liberal women today are so judgmental about plastic surgery. And then obviously they're pro-choice and those two things won't even like merge in their heads, like how sexist that is. Because if you think about it, I feel like people are like, oh, your body, your choice until the reason that you changed your body doesn't fit with my like my judgment you know what I mean they're like well you can have an abortion like even in America when people talk about having abortions they're like I had an abortion because I was gonna die if I didn't have an abortion people are like that's fine that's a good Christian answer so you're allowed to have an abortion but if you say I'm I just wanted to have an abortion people are like oh this bitch and it's so funny because like that completely goes against the idea the like concept of a woman's body is her choice like it doesn't matter what why she got an abortion it doesn't matter why she got plastic surgery you know it's not it's not only okay if it meets your standard of moral good right which again not what i even want to talk about in this episode but it's it, important important to say and i think part of the reason why i wanted to do this episode is i want people to know that whatever you do with your body and I'm going to get into this later. I think for me personally, a lot of the plastic surgery, probably my motivation to get it probably didn't come from a healthy place. And in that, in that, by saying that, all I mean is a place of self-love, which, you know, I'm striving towards. Maybe I think a lot of the reason I did the procedures came from a place of self-hatred. And in that way, I view that as quote unquote unhealthy that's the only thing I mean by that but um it's very complicated because there's like so many different levels and emotions so without further ado let me get to my story and I'm again not embarrassed by anything not I don't have a hard time talking about trauma but I'm just trying to see like how sad I should take this because I, I don't know. It, it just feels like I don't want to go into like unbearable to listen to territory. But my story, my journey with my body and loving it and started when I was a child. And when I was a child, I was very overweight. And the reason I was overweight was because my parents were neglectful, like they were just not there. And they would just buy like tons of whatever food that was easy for me to make for myself. And then I would sit there and eat it alone. And, you know, a lot of it was emotional eating because I was 
so I was like really scared all the time. I was all by myself alone. You know, I wasn't allowed to go outside. There was no adult there. And, you know, now that I have a child looking back, I'm like, that was like terrifying. And no wonder I was like just I was I would like sit and just like eat like five boxes of macaroni and cheese or whatever. Right. Also, even beyond that, I think naturally I, I don't think there was like anything wrong with emotional eating or being overweight or anything. And maybe possibly if my parents were still there, I would have been overweight. I, I don't think there's anything bad about it. But I'm just remembering that a big factor was the fact that I was alone all the time. And then my both my parents have eating disorders. So they would get very angry at me. So the, the few times that they were actually home, they would yell at me and bully me for being overweight. I was bullied by my parents and you know, in school. It's 13. Okay. This is a content warning. This is going to, I'm going to talk about some physical abuse specifically in terms of force feeding. But if you know what force feeding is or have gone through that, it's a, how do I explain it? But I'll tell you what it is. My parents would force me to eat like an, like a huge amount of food and scream at me for hours until I would finish all of it. And they would like laugh at me. And it was just extremely abusive it was just some of the most traumatizing memories that I have I'm not exactly sure I the mental like why people do it but I think it's I think it's probably this the same idea as you know if your parents caught you smoking they would make you smoke like an entire pack until you got sick my parents didn't realize that like that doesn't really work with food like I you know like maybe now I have a hard time eating the food that they were force feeding me but not with food, period. Do you know what I mean? Like just because you over, you force somebody to eat, it's not like the next day they're not going to ever want to eat again. So they would do that and it was very traumatizing. And all, you know, all of that was teaching me that I was not worthy of love unless I was skinny. Like that's the message my parents would literally tell me. Like my parents would be like, I don't want to be seen in public you public with you because it's embarrassing. Like, you're not worthy of my love unless you're skinny. And that is 100%. I mean, I guess it's true for them that they're embarrassed of me. But, you know, as I got older, I realized that that is not love. And that is not how love works, especially for your child. And I'm I'm trying not to really think about this because I'm going to start crying really hard. But like... You know, when I think about my child, that's the last thing I give a fuck about. You know what I mean? Why would I not love him because of how he looks? It's just so far away from the my reality and what I believe is the reality of love that I can't even fucking understand why they would say something like that. And another thing is that it was a fucking lie because as a teenager, I developed eating disorders and I lost a shit ton of weight. I was like fucking a skeletor. And my parents still didn't come home. They were still neglectful. And they lied to me. They said it was my fucking fault that they didn't love me in the way that I think I deserved. They said it was because you're fucking fat. And then I fucking lost the weight. And they never came home. Because guess what? They were just shitty parents. It didn't matter if what I looked like. It wasn't going to change the fact that they were shitty parents. And, you know, after the weight loss, I had this like huge betrayal 
like I, I feel like I just like was so betrayed by them after that and I sort of lost any sort of respect that I had in them you know as a teenager anyway let me fast forward to I feel like I've said that story before but maybe I'm just like I have no idea I can't keep track maybe I talked about it in therapy but I don't I have no idea I'm so lost anyway how that affected me and how the reason why I bring this up is the plastic surgery and how that relates with my plastic surgery after I had this was like a plan in my head since I was like basically fucking a kid that after I have a kid I was gonna get a tummy tuck and then because I just like always had like a big belly even though I lost weight just but I don't even like saying that because there was nothing fucking wrong with it to be honest with you it was it looked fine I had a I had a normal fucking body and it was it was a great beautiful body but I was obsessed with this idea that I needed this tummy tuck so after I gave birth when my son was around three I think I you know saved enough money and whatever and I got a tummy tuck and the interesting thing you know especially relating to my parents and the trauma that I went through as a child is that you know I had the surgery when he was three but all the time before that my son was obsessed with my belly he would always like squish it and tell me that he loved me and he was just obsessed with it like he would always like squish it and like it was his favorite thing about me and um I think it's maybe it was just like a sign from the universe or something that like it was like very healing that somebody was like you know it's like you hear people talking about having kids and having unconditional love and like I'm just so honored that I received that from him and it was like the one thing that I really wanted um when I was a child and it's so ironic that that was the one thing that my parents hated so much about me and um it was like my son's favorite part of my body and also you know I think it it's meaningful that it's like where he came from you know um and I remember the day before my surgery I'm literally sitting in my bedroom crying by myself recording this so <laughs> I remember the day before my surgery I wrote him a really long letter and I kept thinking like what if I fucking die in the surgery you know like and how unfair that would be for him because I um I just felt like you know all those thoughts that I discussed in the beginning of this episode like do I like what reason is this for it's for me being vain and like my vanity is coming before the you know the safety of my child and knowing my child's gonna have a mother for the rest of his life and I felt really selfish and stupid but um and how you know like I said how unfair that would that be for him it's just like imagine him remembering those like memories of like holding my belly and then learning that that's why I died if I had died you know ah <sighs> that'd be so fucked up anyway I didn't die but I guess that relates to what I was going to say is that relates to like how people think of women's choices for their bodies, right? Like, I feel like you hear about women dying from surgery and like tummy tucks and, you know, Brazilian butt lifts. And then they're like, what a, what a stupid, selfish bitch to, to die because of that. But 
this is how I came to terms with, I feel like that thought, which is a very self-hating, like misogynistic thought. The reason why I got the tummy tuck, you know, after hearing my story about my childhood, and this is how I view self-hatred, you know, a lot of things like racism and misogyny and stuff like that is it's like a, it's a social disease, right? And the truth is that that disease of like self-hatred was, I got that from my parents, like a contagious disease. They passed it down to me. And if I had died from that surgery, that would, for me, be like dying after suffering from 30 years of this virus, you know, finally succumbing to this disease of self-hatred that was passed down to me by my parents. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't be my fault because obviously, ultimately, it was my choice. But I think for anybody that you hear about dying from getting plastic surgery, I think we should be way more kinder and gentler to them because basically they were succumbing to the pressures that we as a society were forcing on them, right? And men or women, you know, even that fucking billionaire guy that died from getting penis enlargement surgery and everyone making fun of him for that. Like how how much had that like been fucking with him, you know? I think he was like in the 60s or 70s, an entire life of fucking suffering for something that people if he, if they really loved him wouldn't have cared about right like my fucking body like my overweight body like it is sad that a, a lot of times i'm like it is sad that i never got to this place of like self-love and acceptance without that surgery like you know like that man the penis man like if we if he and i both just like were like loved ourselves truly we would have never done that right and and the confusing thing though and this is this is where it gets very confusing for me is that after the tummy tuck is when I started really being fully myself because I felt the comfort to be myself that's when I started doing comedy that's when I got a divorce um, and that's when I started living my life the way that I wanted to and then years later that led that led me down this path of like really loving myself for who I am the confusing thing is I I don't know if I was strong enough to be able to come to this place where I am right now, where I love myself, no matter what I look like. And I love myself for things like my humor and my intelligence and my kindness. But I don't know if I could have gone down this path fully before the tummy tuck, which is really fucked up, right? I mean, I'm not trying to judge myself, but like, right? I don't know. It's, it's so confusing for me. It's like I had to do this thing to fit in to this ideal that was implanted in me like a disease by outside forces. I had to like alleviate those like or what, what's it called like fulfill those before I could like get in a place that I was even close enough to starting to love myself. And I, I don't know how to get to the bottom of that, but it's it's something, you know, I it's something I can't I can't judge that it's just what needed to happen and I think it makes sense with like the history of the trauma that I went through you know I guess the question here like through the lens of feminism is like is it is it feminist to get plastic surgery because 
you know, on one hand, like I was discussing earlier, her body, her choice, all women, they don't need to appease society's idea of what they're doing to their body to do you know what I mean? To do whatever they want with their body. They can just do whatever they want, whether you agree with it or not. On one hand, that's like, I think the ultimate mark of feminism to to respect all women as having full bodily autonomy and being full human beings capable of making their choice independent of whatever you think about them. I think that's like the most important part of feminism. But the other side of it is a lot of these surgeries are adhering to like white supremacist ideology and a lot of it is like adhering to like the heteronormative idea of beauty in a woman based on the gaze of a heterosexual man right so so it's like yeah women can do whatever they want with their body and then there's this other confusing thing like well this i'm i'm getting a tummy tuck because like this is men are attracted to and like where is that even coming from you know is it yes partially it's like from this childhood abuse but also i i'm not gonna lie and tell you that it was for this ease of for the acceptance of society as a whole it wasn't that right it was like that had something to do with it and that's something that i have to grapple with all the time but it's like so hard to tell what how much of all of that has a part in um my behavior so it's like i don't know who who fucking cares you know let's just do it and it did help me a lot is that bad maybe but whatever i did it and here i am so that's my main plastic surgery story but i also have um one last thing to share about procedures that i get and i it's <laughs> i also get botox and um filler which i get all of it on groupon which I know sounds scary. Some of it has been very uh, bad, but it was all like very cheap on Groupon. But something I want to say about this is that, and it's kind of tied to the idea that South Koreans get so much plastic surgery. After, if you get filler or Botox, you know, when you meet someone, you can see if they've had it too, right? And let me tell you, I have not met one white woman that lives in New York that does not have filler. So, and I've not met like one man over 40 that has has a bunch of Botox. Like everyone has filler and Botox, like every white person. And what I think is interesting is that those procedures are not considered plastic surgery. So they're not getting like recorded in the statistics for America. But if you included those, the numbers would be like, I swear to God, like... 75% of people here get Botox and filler. I mean, obviously, it's probably just where I live, but it's so fucking common. And I think there's also one thing about, again, touching on the Korea thing. Culturally in Korea, it's 100% okay to openly talk about plastic surgery. No one's really embarrassed about it. Like, and people will just be like, oh, I see that you got your eyes done. Oh, I see that you got your chin done. Because obviously um, they can see that you did. But in America, the culture is very much, people are very, very ashamed by it. So I think what ends up happening is that because of the openness that Koreans have, I think the statistics are like skewed. I'm not saying that Koreans don't get a lot of plastic surgery. And I do believe that they get more than Americans for sure. But I think a lot of the American statistics are 
are low is all I'm going to say, which is also fine. I'm I'm so happy everyone's getting filler and Botox. I'm just saying like when they're using it as something to weaponize against Koreans. Meanwhile, they're also doing it themselves in numbers that are that they're like doctoring to look lower. I think that's a little unfair. So that's my story about Botox and filler. Not as emotionally damaging as the other story. If you are looking to get Botox or filler, Groupon, my friends. Groupon. Filler, maybe maybe don't do the filler because I did that one time. And it was very cheap and it was it looked bad. <laughs> but um Botox is I'm like I'm out here like trying to like say Botox is safe. It's botulism. Don't maybe not never mind. Just forget what I said. Don't ever get Botox or filler. It's it's poison. Unless you want, I don't know, unless you want to. That's my stance on plastic surgery. Is it good? Is it bad? As you can tell from listening to this episode, I don't know. I'm very confused by it. There are things that are horribly sad about the procedures I've had done and horribly, horribly amazing. Horribly, maybe that's how you, I'm going to explain plastic surgery. It's horribly wonderful it's a horribly wonderful thing it's done horribly wonderful things for my life and you know if you have it and you want to be secretive i support that because it's your business if you have had it and you want to be open and talk about it i support that that's very encouraging and for other people and hopefully this listening to this was you know helpful for you if you have these feelings or are judging yourself based on procedures that you've had done don't because who cares this is like about the time where i when i record solo episodes where i'm like just lost like i'm just sitting in a hot room i'm honestly i'm naked right now and my my stomach looks great um (laughs) that's yeah my stance on plastic surgery is i'm happy 100 happy with people doing whatever they want with their bodies i don't think it's selfish i think all of us are struggling with things and we need help and sometimes that comes in the form of external validation from other human beings you know we're just primates looking for validation and another thing i was have to say though is if anybody that you are that's in your life that claims to love you says that you need to physically change for them to love you fucking break up with that person or cut them off because from my experience with my parents that is a fucking lie that person is just shitty and that's not how love works how love works is how you know my son was you just love somebody and you love everything about them if someone's telling you to change your body or lose weight just get rid of that person that person is not for you i know it's a lot a lot of for a lot of us it's our korean moms and you can't get rid of them but just tell tell her tell her to stop saying that oh and then one last thing that i want to say about my son because i just he's just so sweet he, t- he so this was like five years ago right or maybe longer he still remembers it it's like because he remembers I came back and my belly looked different. And he's always like, what happened to your belly button? Like, he's always like asking me about it. And I've told him, you know, I've told him like, you know, I didn't want to get into the details, but I just told him what happened. And he was like, okay. And I think soon he'll be old enough for me to just say, you know, like the words tummy tuck and stuff like that. But it really deeply affected him. Anyway, that was the episode this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I... Um, have a Patreon if you want to support this podcast. Honestly, I'm not keeping up with it and I'm so sorry. I had these Zoom hangouts and nobody was coming. And then, <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out how to make it um, 
better for the listeners, but unfortunately I haven't updated it in a while. I have another, do I have an, oh, this upcoming month is going to be very interesting because I'm going to go back home to Korea and I'm going to interview my family about my family history. And I think a few episodes back, I've talked about how my second uncle was either murdered by debt collectors or drowned in a lake when he was drunk. His wife, he was much older than my mom because he, there's literally like at least 20 years between their births. Because my grandma, you know, started having kids when she was a teenager and she had my mom when she was 42. So he died, I believe, like right when my mom was born around this time. But he he actually had a wife and I believe two children. And his widow is still alive and she lives in the same town as my mom. And she must be in her 80s now. And I'm going to try to talk to her because she was exiled from our family. Not exiled, but like cut off. Because, you know, inheritance in Korean families works in this way where the men inherit the money and then their wives get the money from the men. But since her husband died and moved on to my next uncle, the next oldest uncle, and he got all the money and her son grew up very resentful because he wasn't they were kind of discarded and they grew up really poor and you know there was like stigma because there were all these people saying that he was a gambler and he lost a bunch of money which wasn't her fault or her son's fault obviously but there was like stigma around that family and he went to jail because i think he killed somebody and then he tried to burn down my mom's house. This is a this. So th- I'm going to try to talk to her about all this and I'm going to hang out with her because I, I think she's really cool. I don't know why they're so mean to her. So hopefully I get to interview her. But anyway, thank you again for listening. Hopefully you found that interesting. And if you if it's like an issue that you're struggling with yourself or judging yourself for, please don't because I'm judging myself. But you don't do that. OK, you be nice to yourself. And I'll see you next week. Bye.